Guys, welcome back to the Property Pod, your weekly engagement into the real estate market here in Hobart. I am Aaron, your host, and I'm joined by 414 Property Co. Real Estate Agents, Patrick Berry. Hello, hello. And John McGregor. It's always a pleasure, gentlemen. It's always good to be in. I can see you guys have you coded up, both of you, today. Yeah, and the, uh, in the reverse, you've got the uh, the button up and I'm wearing the, uh, the cash. Actually, yeah, that's very true. That is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> that is. I've got a T-shirt on, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. And we're all branded, which I'm really happy about. <laughs> and didn't you say you're going to the dentist? Like you put on a nice jacket to go to the dentist? <laughs> you've, you've got, got to impress impre- 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 to the dentist. <laughs> you've got everything around the wrong way, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping that she'll just overlook the cavities. <laughs> yeah, I look oh, sharp. He, he wore a nice jacket. Yeah, yeah he yeah, must have good yeah, teeth. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Actually, no, no charge. No charge. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, you're off to the dentist, but you're um, going crazy with listings at the moment. Yeah, I was looking just before I made another coffee for the pod, and I, it's been a bit, it's like a reverse day for me because I was staring at the cup, going, "How do I put the cup? Where's the coffee?" And I was trying, I was legitimately getting the spoon to put coffee from the cup into the tin. Yeah. Went, oh my god, my mind's just not with it because we were here early this morning, and when I was, we're just coordinating the day and we looked at um, like the difference of stuff that's happening. So we've got one house that's getting cleaned up. There was eight offers to present um, and they've got right, probably write-ups before before that. Later in the afternoon, we're going back to, you know, had a request for early access to have fencing done. So it's all, oh, there's just um, so many different variances of what's required for all the, the properties a- active and not. Yep. Um, I think my brain, just when I was trying to make a coffee, just farted. It went, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Jeez, and it's only the start of the day. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's kind of crazy because at the moment it seems like there's kind of a uh, lack of uh, properties out there. Stock seems to be pretty low across the board, but you've kind of had a really bumper month. I guess all that hard work of prepping everything and getting it to this point is, you know, you've had you had a really successful open home on the weekend. Um, well, the one of the um, – there was yeah, we had that one at uh, Lighton Way in Lena Valley – uh, and there's another one we've been having fun with up at 945 Collins Cap Road in Molesworth. Yeah. So that was an estate situation where um, it was really interesting. We, I was really grateful that we got the job because the whole house needed – because the owners had, had passed, so the whole house was just empty. There was no beneficiaries, no family members to do anything with this stuff. Um, so we actually spent a lot of time um, – going through the house, or well, when they say we, I meant me, um, just trying to ensure that there were anything of valuable was still um, retained. Yeah. Um, so they found some jewellery um, along with the- Are these um, the letters that you found? Yeah. yeah so there was actually, there, so the, buried in the ensuite in a, just an obscure old box underneath a whole waft of other stuff was just a box filled with, you know, letters that almost, you know, it's like the old, so they looked like they're coffee stained. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was actually um, correspondence between um, family members and an, uh, an a pro- an old prime minister from a hundred years ago. So there's, it was photos and documents and sealed letters and envelopes. Like there was just chalk to the chalk to the full of, you know, full yeah, box. Yeah. Um, and so the um, lawyers are coordinating the state ended up, uh, so I brought it to them and they ended up reading up the Australian archives and the value of the letters ended up being close to like 70 grand. 70? Yeah. I thought you said seven the other day. No, it was 70. 70. 70. And it was just this obscure corner box, you know. It, was it so could have been thrown out. And some so people it, could it throw that. Just, I would have just been like old letters tossed. Who's buying these old letters? It was. Um, it would be the Australian Archives. Oh, so they will actually buy them and keep yeah. Them. And w- where that negotiation ends, I don't know. But you know, that was a part donation, of the I reckon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but the thing is, the actual that's what's beauty beautiful about this estate. So all the proceeds of this sale actually go to charity. 
So yeah. the will was written up so that everything that's um, we've organised at this point, um, yeah, that's why um, even when I was chatting with the purchasers, I was to say, well, look, um, yes, it's an estate situation. Instantly people think, oh, bargain, bargain. Well, no, because we're motivated and driven at this point that every um, e- everything we can get from this sale goes to charity. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so I was actually going to ask, I was going to say, oh, if there's no family or there's no one about to, um, fo- I was going to follow up with how d- what happens on what that happens in, occasion. Yeah. So in the will, they've stated they'd like it to go to charity. Yes, that's right. So cool. it's, it's a really, I mean, it's been a, it's a, been a sad specific charity? Do, do um, they say we want it to go to they speak have, up, say, charity or something? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was sort of ones, you know, uh, that was important to the couple. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been a really sad sort of run, a lot of work over a course of, because um, a couple of months, but it'll, end, it'll have a really nice end. Yeah. Which well, I'm really grateful Nice for. that it's had lots of interest as well, because it's kind of one of those ones when I was out there shooting it, it was kind of like, oh, you know, this is a unique property. It's kind of on yeah. this big parcel of land but kind of hidden in a little corner and I think one of your marketing strategies was like, you know, if you want to get away from it all and and live in the middle of nowhere yep. essentially, yeah, yeah, this, is exactly. the this is the one for you. And well, it's been getting heaps of interest. Well, and the, the idea being is it because um, Molesworth in that position is 15 minutes to Norfolk, about 25 minutes to Glenorchy. Yeah. And what are, what's great about that internal block is once you get in, the radius of all the houses um, is quite a fair distance, even though the house is right on the boundary, you, you cannot see any of your neighbours. So if you want to do a nudie run around the property, you've got no issue. Um, so it's that, and everyone could appreciate it once you actually get into the house, it feels like you actually finally escaped. Yeah, I yeah. think most of the interest we had was people obviously living in the suburbs already. Uh, none of them have land and they want to get out to it and they like this one because you, you've got, you are basically in your own little sanctuary once you hit to that property. So, um, you know, it's been a the, everything, it's been a lot of work, but we're finally coming to the tail end of it today, which will be fun. Yeah, cool. Well, that's actually a really good jumping off point for um, today's episode. We've kind of found an REIA, is it REIA? Yep. Real Estate real Institute estate Australia. of Australia. Got it. Jeez, I'm getting good at this. <laughs> Bloody hell you are, mate. It's almost <laughs> like you're a real estate agent. It's almost like I'm an agent, yeah. Come and talk to me. No, don't do that. Um, yeah, so the media release last week that uh, that came out, which was talking about um, people wanting to make to move to regional areas and kind of a reform. I like the terms space. go country that they – in there. Yes. So yes, in inverted commas, go countries. Around 20% of city dwellers would like to go country according to a new regional uh, Australia Institute survey. So I wonder what the, you know, like what they mean by go country. I wonder how sort of wide and how wide a berth they're giving that kind of um, uh, definition. So looking further into it, it's kind of saying that affordability is a key factor in regions being seen as better environments in which to raise family, live healthier lives and kind of get away from this pandemic. So it's kind of stuff we've been banging on about for a while now that we live in a really nice place where yeah. Considered regional, mm. people are trying to escape these big smokes to um, to yeah, kind of yeah, set yeah. up their life a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, as it goes further in, it it does say that COVID is a factor in people wanting to do it. But I think there's a stat in here that says like 22% of survey respondents said they were already considering relocation before the pandemic. Yeah, that makes sense. So essentially what it's saying is people from Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne are looking or even, sorry, Sydney and Melbourne people are looking further and wider to try and find um, places where they can set up a home um, and Go country, as mm. it's stating in here, um, to um, yeah boost these areas. It's a bit yeah. of a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? Because like the more people that move to an area, 
the harder it is to buy in the area. Yeah, well, mm. That, mm. again, like it's that crazy thing of kind of, yeah, everyone moves here and it bumps the market up and the affordability becomes a completely different issue and it mm. removes the idea of like, oh, well, this is a really cool affordable place. Like it's kind of right on that tipping point of like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, like, well, I think I read another article that, it's more expensive to buy in Hobart now than it is in Brisbane. I think, it, yeah, Hobart's the third or the fourth most expensive city to live in now, which is amazing when you actually think about no, it. No one would have even thought that that was a possibility 10 years ago. Yep. You know? We're heading to number one, baby. Yeah, yeah, at this <laughs> it, point. It's just crazy though. Like is that like a global climate thing or like what is it that is it the people who are if the first group of people are going country and then country becomes city? Yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> well, what was that? If, if I mean, cities are designed for you know exceptionally high density fundamentally, and then if all of a sudden everyone just disperses from that, well, they've got to go somewhere. Then all the r- suburbs aren't designed for high density, so you've just got a straight up supply issue, don't you? Um, and I know when you know, I think Adrian talks about that when you know all the zoning challenges that are faced once you've got this high demand in um, suburbs. And even when we look, just speaking to the, uh, Christy Johnson about the Glenorchy plan, you know, part of that is that trying to in- encourage the um, council or uh, the, to reconsider the zoning options so that you can have a little bit more density in the suburbs where um, with good infrastructure, you don't need as large a parcel of black backyards, which obviously I think you know, it's fair to say in Hobart and Glenorchy and surrounds and everywhere, we've got quite a large average backyard size for a, you know, a city. Yeah, yeah. Um, so being able for people to have the flexibility where you, you don't need as low or as you can have high density in the um, regional areas, especially in Hobart and Tassie, would hopefully help with these. But, I mean, springing off Collins Cap, there was a classic conversation with one of the buyers who have made an offer. Um with her specific job, it's, you know, 100% administrative based. Um, there's no face-to-face client interaction. Um, so there's actually no necessity to be at her office. Yeah. And she can be twice as productive at home. She doesn't need to then have um, uh, childcare services because her husband, um, her and her husband can navigate that quite well. She would, um, she doesn't lose an hour in traffic just to get to the premises. Yeah. Um, and provided that she's doing all the work, like she'd just rather be at home, it's connected to NBN, She's like, stuff it. I'd just rather be at home and do better work and, you know, live a, a much better lifestyle. So um, we've talked before about how um, an office might be just as valuable as a bedroom. Like if you've got a small room that doesn't really fit a bed but it fits an office, that could be just as valuable in the future. If not more valuable. If not more valuable yeah. based on kind of, oh, I'm going to the office now. I'll see you in eight hours. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lock the door. <laughs> yeah, well, click. And I think like in our job, ours is very much the same where we're external. I, I really like having this base here though because because um, we are working in a large team, it's nice to have that um, environment. Yep. I, it's the only thing I don't like about working from home is that you don't have that interaction with other people. Exactly. You feel yep. sort of isolated and I feel that that's – could be harming for a lot of people. People need uh, yeah, yeah. other people in their life to be able to just live. I think there's like a, a fine balance. Like I know we're getting into a whole other yeah, kind of got, got off track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. I think there's a, a balance of you know we do two days at the offices and we you know make sure everything's you're interacting, getting everything sorted that way, and then mm. you can disperse off and be like, okay, yep, I've got all the other stuff sorted, or you have one team that comes in on the like I know when we start of COVID, we were talking, our oh, rentals will come in this day, sales will come in this day, so we're not, like, crossing everyone's it's, – it's a crazy consideration that you've got to kind of put in these things in practice. Yeah. But, again, it's – if people – again, if more people are coming to regional areas and more people are on top of each other, all 
um, coming to the same spot, it's always going to cause a mm. cluster. <laughs> oh, there was yeah. another word already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on with that. <laughs> but we are a G-rated show, so well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well Thank played. you very much. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, Aaron. I think nothing's off the cards these days with how regional areas are set up and how people look at restructuring cities. It'll be really interesting to see, especially where Hobart goes over the next couple of years and where Tassie goes over the next couple of years. Yeah, well, so with Hobart, um, over the next couple of years, I've got an article here by our boy Jay Bev, the shoe king of the Mercury. My man. The My shoe man. king of the Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's he's just um, telling us that more price growth is on the horizon. So mm. it's uh, it's come out of the Westpac New Housing Pulse Report, which I had a quick look at yesterday, had lots of figures and numbers that were too hard for me to <laughs> make any sense of. So, I yeah. love it. So I'm just going to rely on Jared's research. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's done awesome. all the heavy lifting and then yeah. now I've just pulled out a few things where I've highlighted them. <laughs> um, so I think we've already said on the show previously that there's about an 8% uh, projection for 2021 in price growth. They're then saying the following year a 6% um, growth would could follow that. So I think, what, if you add that together, that's... Uh, 14%? (laughs) Quick math. Well, compounded. (laughs) Quick math. A little bit different. Well, interestingly enough, um, those reports from the REIT I really like because they're a really succinct um, percentage of percentage growth, um, days on market, transactions, et cetera. And if you look back um, between 2001 and 2003, the demand and price growth is almost on the map, almost identical to what it was back then. Um, When's this? Sorry, I missed that. Oh, sorry. Between sort of 2001 to 2003, yeah, um, and then what it is now from 2017 to 2021, the four years in the line graph almost repeats itself identically, which yeah, was yeah. interesting. Um, and at the time with that report as well, they, um, you know, once 2013 was the highest surge of interest and lowest days on market. Um, COVID blew it out a little bit, but we're starting to see that same days on market within these last, you know, six months, especially mm. in the last couple of years. Um, and even after that, uh, after that was like Hobart prices doubled. And then over the recurring three years from 2004 to 2007 continued like a steady, a steady increase. Yep. So it's almost, um, you know, I wouldn't say history repeating itself, but it's just like an almost uh, identical real estate like cycle. A cyclical cycle, yeah. like we're back to another um, point where. So, what happened after that? Was there a crash? What's the? What are we looking for in the future? Uh, well, all that happened. The only, the biggest key difference this time around, though, is still population growth in Tasmania. Because it just never happened, yep. you know. So this is a different. This is charting different waters than it was back then. Yeah. Um, at the time, interest rates went from, um, you know. I think it was from like 8% shot down to 4% or something like that, or it might have been higher. And then um, because I know when I bought my first property in around about 2008, um, the interest rate was about 8.25%. So I guess if we go back further then. Love that he remembers um, the 0.25. Yeah. (laughs) Drilled that number in. You always remember your first time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so there must have been, I suppose, back the interest rates of 14 or 15%. So they shot right down um, back during that period and then they rose again. Yeah. Uh, rose again. Uh, the black knight returns. Uh, the black knight rises. Um, so, but this, I mean, who knows what happens? I mean, we've got, you know, was it Reserve Bank? Uh, it, Acknowledge they'll do 0.1% of interest rate. You know, Tassie's got a population growth. So it's a completely different landscape than it was back then. And we have a shortage of houses. Exactly. And that's not changing anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. So 
And I, the biggest problem I think we have is coming back to what Christy spoke about, the zoning. Mm-hmm. Without rezoning to create more housing opportunities, yep. the problem's not going away. Yeah, it's because they, they can't, we can't, you know, leverage the land that we've already got. They yeah. have to just keep doing, doing urban sprawl yeah. and then they have to still do the exact same houses, which is mm. three-bedroom house, on a larger block, you know. And yeah, I was only walking my dog. Oh, sorry, I was only walking mm. my dog the other day, and at the end of my street, there was you know the little notice saying they're going to add a dwelling to this backyard, yeah. And it's kind yeah. of existing house, new unit's going to go on it. And I'm looking, kind of having a sticky beak, just thinking, where are they going to put it? Like, <laughs> yeah. So good on them for nutting out the mats and being like, oh, there's enough clearance on this side and clearance on that side. Like, yeah. Like it must be right down to the T. <laughs> good on them. <laughs> yeah. Hats off. Hats off. So just because of their skill set, you're not going to object by the sound of it. You just want to see how that house gets. I want to see how it fits on theirs because I've got a little granny fat maybe flat. Maybe I could <laughs> just be like, oh, we'll just add a little thing on here and <laughs> cut it off. And cut it off. Hey, that'll work. Call it 44A. And you, you get to put the sign on the front too, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it garnered my attention. Well, I know the in terms of the you know difference in the pricing expectation, um, again, anyone who's buying and selling at the moment can appreciate that. We're everywhere setting new records at this point. And like when that article you sent through, it said three suburbs also tipped top the million price average mm. um, for Tassie, which is what Battery Point, Sandy Bay and Kingston Beach. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like and to think that there's going to be three suburbs in Tasmania where the average sale price is over a million dollars. Yeah. And for all the, you know. Well, it, just, it used to be news, like in the newspaper, if you broke a million. million. Yeah, one, one, house. one house sold for a million dollars in Hobart. What? what? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I still can't. Um, I was chatting with one of our clients. Um, he's He's. Uh, in Victoria, um, and actually we were just talking about the house that my parents uh, bought, um, and Mar- Mark was like, oh, my God, they got that for that much? Because in- inherently for if, if they were to bought where he is, they'd probably be looking at four and a half million or something ridiculous, you yeah. know. Um, That's cheap. Yeah, exactly, because it's just in, in, like – comparatively to still different areas, we, we still show exceptional value, um, but – where then everyone, remember it, these last few months with all the data we've got now, we're saying, oh, look, it's all the mainlanders buying up all these Tassie properties. Nope. nope. No, it's the locals homegrown. that are driving it. It's the locals that are driving no, it. No, the story that we're reading at the start of this is saying that people are looking and within the next 12 months there could be a mass exodus and people trying to kind of come and get into our market. So it could be Again. a flip in the stats and we could be having people that aren't locals trying to move to regional. It's not just not just saying Tasmania and Hobart and, and Launceston and all um, it's states across the country, so it's not a kind yeah. of either yeah, way it sounds like a coming. good time. T- sounds like a good time to be in real estate. Yeah, so it seems. So it seems. I don't know, do you reckon you guys could ever do a a tree change? Well, um personally? Oh well I've lived I've lived in Western Australia, I've lived in Victoria, I've lived That's in true. Canada for six months. Like I've definitely always I've lived in four streets in Rosetta. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to move into Aaron, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not bragging. I'm just simply saying yeah, I've lived in all these other places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I love being home and kind of when I finally settled and my feet felt like, oh, I've seen enough of the world, which is crazy at the moment because it's impossible to get anywhere. I'm dying to get back to Canada to see my brother and his kids. Yeah. Um, or oh, they're dying to get here. here as well. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I kind of I'm glad I got to scratch that travel itch and yeah. then coming home to Tassie and I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. 
So it's sort of like you've had that. Well, this is this feel. This is where I really want to be. Like yeah. I've, I've been every. I've been a lot of other places. I've been everywhere, uh, man. I don't know. He's been to Canada, West Australia, all that stuff. But at least, but you, you can really fully appreciate now you've got your family and stuff here. It's just like, nah, this makes sense. Yeah, mm. yeah. Look, and it's it's convenient. It's local. I like live two minutes from my work. I'm not having to do a long commute. If it ever got to the point where we were working from home two days a week or whatever it was. It would be like, oh, cool! If you need me in the office, I can be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's exactly. not an issue. So, it's the convenience of lifestyle, which is mentioned in the article. The kind of the idea that you can get to the top of the mountain in fifteen minutes, you can get out to your Collins Cap, escape from the entire world yeah. in twenty-five cruising. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How long will we be able to escape out there for if all these houses are being built, John? Long enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you stand at the front with uh, – remember there used to be the old guy at uh, Oatlands. He's gone now, but when he'd drive into there, he always used to have a hose and he'd just be hosing off all the cars that kept kept coming, kept coming into his town. Um, really? So, yeah, so may, maybe if ever I move out to Molesworth, there'll be me just going – no, the, I could picture you being yeah. the crazy bloke standing, <laughs> yeah. hosing people yeah, off. Yeah. Or, was it just like a regular hose or a fire hose? Uh, it was just just a regular hose. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard. Yeah, of what, what, what an maybe, interesting maybe, way to spend your day. Maybe it was maybe it was uh, my urban. obscure reference or an urban legend <laughs> that, that I made up with a dream. <laughs> Have you heard about the hose guy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, John, I think there's a, a auction going on for some land in Oatlands that uh, we're running it from four on four. Oh, yeah, coming soon. So yeah, we'll see if he's around. See if he's around we're in the community hall. Ask around for Hose Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a, that'd be good. Sounds like a Rosehaven. <laughs> you sure you didn't watch Rosehaven, or that's an upcoming episode? Like, oh, there's. Well, a good- it was like um, when I was in a. Um, I got I got stuck in a um, town called Tongue in Scotland, um, and I was drinking with a couple of locals, and there was a, a there was a renowned guy that was sitting across from me from the. From the in the in the booth, and it was uh, Alexander Crow, and he was absolutely smashed off his head, and he just looked at me with these uh, like you know drunken eyes, and I'm going to do the accent badly, but um, what he used to do is he'd go out fishing for a few months, make a bit of money, come back, and then just get drunk in yep. town and go. But everyone locally knew him. Um, and the next morning when I was at the hostel, and I just said, "Oh, I'm at Alexander Crow," and lays like, "Oh, Crow, that's it, pretty good." Yeah, and, and then, but he he just he just said to me, and it's, that's why I've got a friend. I've got a friend. In tongue because he's looked at me dead in the face and said, dead in the eyes, and just, John, if ever you're in trouble, just call crew and I'll come a running. <laughs> <laughs> and then he passed out. <laughs> just calling me 412. Because <laughs> <laughs> after that, it doesn't sound like he's, he's going to be much no help, John. Good. No good. Well, if Crow is looking for any real estate yep. uh, here, there, anywhere, John can operate. International. That's right. <laughs> Provide them a tongue and we're fishing. <laughs> in yep. Scotland. All right, guys. That's the property club for this week. We're <laughs> going out on a high. Hey, it's regional. Maybe it's happening out there too. You right? never know. We're yeah. going out on a high. All right, guys. We'll See catch you, you next week. See, See ya. Bye. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.